I'm Shadi Champagne. Welcome to my show. I'm Shadi Champagne. Where we dream and lift each other up. I'm Shadi Champagne. Love is the answer. Grace is the way. We're anchored in hope. The Shade Champagne Show. And we keep the faith, entertainment, education, inspiration. Shade Champagne, Shade Champagne. Welcome to the Shade Champagne Show. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Sade Champagne Show on Grindheart Radio and 57WLLE.net, the beat of the city in Raleigh, North Carolina. My theme song was produced by Alberto Morello Hernandez, recorded and mixed by The Quakes, and written by me. For this week's episode, I have a very special guest, Jose E. Figueroa, Jr., born in New York on October 10, 1986, is a multi-award-winning gospel recording artist and pastor whose desire is to simply leave his imprint on hearts and continue to impact the world for God. He was recently on season 20 of the Emmy Award-winning hit NBC show, The Voice. He was a two-chair turn in the audition round, choosing Coach Nick Jonas over Coach John Legend. He went on to be a top 17 contestant this past season, and his live performance videos have garnered over a million views on YouTube. However, in addition to being a gospel recording artist, Jose is also known for being the following, a psalmist, vocal coach, dance instructor, acting coach, modeling coach, wedding and party planner, Zumba instructor, mentor, role model, father, motivational speaker, life coach, counselor, and ordained chaplain. Outside of the entertainment venue, Jose also has a passion for living healthy and helping people lose weight. Aside from teaching people proper eating habits to avoid diseases that affect many African Americans and Hispanics at a higher level, he is also a highly sought after Zumba instructor. I have to give him a very special introduction, y'all. Please help me welcome one of my inspirations, Jose Figueroa, Jr. Well, hello, hello. (laughs) How are you? I am good. How are you? Fantastic. I am so excited to finally have you on my show. I want to share with our listeners how we got connected and why I wanted to have you on the show. So um, this is the first season of The Voice that I have watched in so many years, and I thought it was, I was interested, like, okay, how are they going to do this still during the pandemic? And then I was like, huh, they have Nick Jonas on there, and I love all the other judges as well. I was like, I want to see what this is going to be like. And so then uh, watching the auditions, and there comes this beautiful, beautiful voice that reminds me of the days of, like, American Idol when people just sang and you just appreciate good singing. And then it was you, you know, and then over time just continuing to watch you on the show and following you on social media, and you can tell that you are just such a sincere person with a beautiful heart. You really care about people and your supporters. And I was like, I want to have him on my show. And so it's been 
a long time coming, and I just want to thank you so much for being here with our listeners, and thank you, most importantly, for being you, Jose. Wow. Um, thank you. I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> and thank you for that <laughs> intro. I mean, I'm listening to everything you said, and I'm like, geez, is that really me? <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. You're so welcome. So, Jose, share with us, how did you first get your start in music and performing arts, and when did you know that you wanted this to be your life? Uh, how did I get started? Well, I, I started singing at the age of three. Um, just like most kids or all kids, for all intents and purposes, they love music and they love to make noise on things and whatnot. I, I was kind of the same type of child. My mother bought me a karaoke machine, I think, when I was three years old, and I used to, you know, have little concerts in my house from my stuffed animals or I would make my family sit down and listen. And I had a very high pitched, very annoying voice <laughs> as a child. And, um, but yet, you know, my family still had to sit and listen and I would be the MC, the performer. I would sometimes be the audience clapping, um, like a crazy person. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then, um, you know, I got saved when I was six years old and, and um, uh, it was then that I, I had my first experience or my first public experience, I guess you could say, uh, singing the worship leader of the church at the time. She had found out that I could sing without me even knowing. Um, I think she, I think the story was something along the lines of she heard us, uh, somebody singing in the bathroom one day and she wanted to know who it was. And she sent somebody in to find out and, but without telling, you know, the person, which was essentially me. Um, mm-hmm. And, and yeah, and later on, and uh, one of the services, she was like, you know, and I want this person to come up here and and bless, you know, bless all of you. And she pointed towards me, and I thought I was mm. like I was confused. I was looking around, like, wait, that's not what? No, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I looked in my mother's direction. My mom was like, just do it. And I was like, oh no. Um, so mm. I did. I got up. I was obedient. I grabbed onto the microphone. I sang, you know, and. Uh, it, it was it was interesting. Uh, even still, I mean, things started happening after that. You know, that was my first public um, experience and appearance. And then I just I became part of the like the kids choir and the youth choir and the adult choir, all still being a child. Um, and and was I started being given all, like solos for everything pretty much. And um, and then I was given you know I was given I guess a hold of the reins for the the children's choir and the um mm. the the youth choir like they gave me the responsibility of, of doing that and then slowly I started becoming a worship leader and and I became the worship leader in several different churches and it's just I mean the, the rest is kind of history um but even with that mm. I never I never expected the career of it um mm-hmm. I thought it was just going to be church you know it was just going to stay in church and that's it and um, mm. I had my first public appearance, excuse me, my first, um, my first professional, I guess, gig when I was 13 years mm-hmm. old. And, and the rest of it was, that's when I realized, oh, I can make a living out of this. Um, mm. Wow, that's, that's pretty cool. And then God just started to really open doors. And, you know, the Bible says that your gift will make room for you. And that's exactly what's happened to me throughout my life. Mm. Um, my gift has mm. genuinely made room for me because God has just consistently created opportunity after opportunity after opportunity and I couldn't be more grateful and more humbled that he's chosen me to to house this gift. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And so share with us about your journey on The Voice and what brought you to the show and all that good stuff. Well, uh, what people don't know um, is that I didn't audition for the show. Uh, I was mm. laying in bed one day, and I received a phone call from a California number. didn't know who it was, but I always usually answer my phone calls. So I answer, and, um, because even if it's a telemarketer, I like to wait until it says, if you'd like to be placed on Do Not Call This, press 2. So that way I can do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, so I was like, if this is a telemarketer, this is what it is. Uh, but, no, I, the, the person said, hi, my name is so-and-so from The Voice Casting. Um, I'm one of the producers, and we saw a video of you singing, and we're interested in you coming out for a blind audition. I thought I was being punked. Um, I thought somebody was pranking me because this was random and out of nowhere. And uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't until I received the uh, the email with all of the information that we had just spoken about on the phone that had, you know, The Voice stationary and all that other stuff. It wasn't until I received that that I was like, oh, Oh wait a minute! Oh my gosh, I think <laughs> I think I'm gonna be on the voice. Um, <laughs> wow! And that's kind of what happened for me. And then you know the rest is history. And then I, you know I was flown out for a blind audition, and um, I actually was able to get a blind audition because I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say this, but uh, what people don't know is that you get flown out for a blind audition, but there's still a chance that you don't get to audition because once the teams are filled, that's it. So anybody that's left over waiting mm. for the audition doesn't get to others so mm-hmm. um thankfully i was i was amongst the you know the ones who who received the blind audition and even more so uh one of the ones who received the chair turn so you know god mm-hmm. is good I, I believe that i believe that when god is orchestrating things they just kind of flow the way that they're supposed to whether that's in your plans or not it they still flow the way that they're supposed to and and you have to just kind of allow god to do what god is going to do i say this often but the bible says for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. And he wasn't mm-hmm. lying about that. But the thing with that is understanding that he knows the plans that he has for you, not he knows the plans that you have for yourself. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, with that, and with that comes the, the understanding or should come the understanding that there will be times that you'll be disappointed because the plans that you have for yourself don't pan out. But you have to it and know that despite the fact that it didn't go your way, it's going his way and something better is to come. Um, so, yeah, mm. that's kind of how I live my life. Mm. I've always lived my life that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's huge. And I, I don't think a lot of people know that even for people to just get to audition on the show, like you said, if the teams are filled, they're filled. But not only that, like I've had friends on the show and then also friends who auditioned for the show multiple times. And they say they even had to go through multiple auditions just to get to the blind audition. And so your story is definitely very phenomenal because that is not the common story that you hear. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly, you know, that's exactly true. The, there are several, several rounds before you even get the ability to go uh, to uh, a blind audition. So like I said, Mm -hmm. this is definitely all God. This was his plan. He orchestrated this, and he made it happen the way that he wanted to. So um, I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. What was the most challenging part of the experience on being on The Voice, and what was the most enjoyable part of your experience? Uh, I'll start with the most enjoyable. The most enjoyable part for me, honestly, was meeting all of the contestants, um, something that we all 
say every time we're being interviewed or when we're doing like little live Instagram lives or whatnot is that we all build this camaraderie, this this familiarity with one another. We've all we all built this family bond and it's so true. Um when we say that we're genuinely being truthful and honest about it. We mm-hmm. have all we all grew you know, we all grew um together. Um and we built this this crazy bond to where we support one another, we share each other's stuff, we we contact one another, we we are still in communication with one another. Like we genuinely all love one another, and that's I think that was the mm. most enjoyable thing. If I had to pick an experience overall, I would say that um, filming the Marshall commercial was probably the most enjoyable experience. Um, mm-hmm. It was just so much fun, given the fact that with COVID there were a lot of protocols and we really couldn't be around each other often. So to, to film the Marshall mm-hmm. commercial and actually be able to all be in the same space pretty much at the same time doing the same thing, mm-hmm. that was, that was really fun. Um, and just mm-hmm. the fact that we filmed the commercial, like I can say now forever for the rest of my life that I was on a commercial. <laughs> so that was exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, there was nothing that was, I mean, it, it's funny to say this, but there was no part of it that was really challenging um, per se, it was, I'm, I'm the kind of person that I meet everything head on and I meet everything with the idea and the, and the knowledge that it's going to go the way that it's supposed to. So I don't, I, to me, nothing is necessarily challenging. Nothing is necessarily negative. Nothing, I don't allow things to stress mm-hmm. me out because I know that God is in control. Um, and I know that that's mm-hmm. not easy for everybody. And I'm not sitting here saying that everybody needs to be that way because it, you know, you know, some people mm-hmm. can be that way and some people can't. Um, but for me, that's just kind of how I, I live my life. So there wasn't anything that was really challenging per se. I mean, I guess if I had to pick something, it would be just the fact that we couldn't really be around one another a lot because of COVID protocols. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know you talked about that you didn't really get to choose your song choices you know, and so, but that was what was cool is that even though you didn't get to choose the songs you wanted, you made the most of the experience and you couldn't tell from your performances that that wasn't your song choice. And so I think that goes back to what you, what we always talk about through your lives and stuff and what you would share is that, you know, the attitude and your perspective is, is very important in life. Oh, 100%. And you know what? Now that you mentioned that, maybe that might have been. I can probably say that that's probably the most challenging part of it is not being able to have control over the song choices. Because um, because as you know, well, you know, when you're a singer um, and, you, mm-hmm. and you're putting out a song that you genuinely want to sing, it's easier to connect with. It's something that you're familiar with. It's something that you already know. Mm-hmm. It's something that your voice knows. The muscle memory is there. So you'll sing it from a place, uh, mm-hmm. from a real place of emotion. You'll sing it from a place of passion, et cetera, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. It can be a little tougher when you're just being thrown a song that you have no connection to at all, that you maybe never sung before, that might not be in your genre, um, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So maybe that might have been the most challenging thing. But I will say mm-hmm. also that, you know, every, again, everything happens for a reason. Um, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you kind of have to just make the most of it. And, and you know, mm-hmm. this is a, at the end of the day, this is, you know, in something like this, you have to remember that this is a competition. You know, at the end of the day, right. no matter how close you get to the contestants and how amazing the relationships that you build with them are, this is essentially a competition. So there's only going mm-hmm. to be one winner, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
after all is said and done. So you have to, you know, just know that. And um, I, what I will say is that, you know, with the exception of um, At This Moment, all the other songs were chosen for me. So At This Moment, I mm-hmm. was given the privilege to, to choose that one only because I asked if I could change the song that was given to me. Um, mm. it, I, they sent me a song that they wanted me to do for my blind audition, and I was going to do it, but I was also kind of uneasy because although I've sung the song that they asked me to sing several times in my career, I just didn't feel mm-hmm. like it was going to be the song to showcase my my vocal abilities for mm. something for something as important as this. And I wanted to mm-hmm. go into this blind audition feeling feeling like. I was in control of whether or not I mm. made it through to the next round. Mm-hmm. And if I would have went their song um, and not gotten a chair turn, I might have, you know, yes, I would have still said everything happened for a reason, but I also would have in that moment felt a little bit of disappointment and I would have felt like, man, if I would have just gotten to pick my own song, maybe I would have made it through. And I didn't want to have that that thought process. Mm-hmm. And I also didn't want to be angry with, angry or disappointed with the show because, it would have been their fault per se that I didn't make it to the next, you know, round. I mm-hmm. wanted to know that if mm-hmm. I made it or if I didn't make it, it was all me. Um, mm-hmm. And it took me mm-hmm. some time. It took me some time to get up enough courage, I guess you could say, to ask them if I could change it because I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be considered difficult or a diva. Um, mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, I don't know if I should ask. I don't know if it's okay to ask. I don't know. But then I said, you know what? The, the worst you can get is a no, right? So I asked them, and mm-hmm. I sent them even a clip of me singing the song, and they sent me an email back saying, hey, Jose, your new song is at this moment. I was like, yes, God, thank you so much. <laughs> um, wow. And, yeah, and, and, and the rest is history. You know, I went from that to making it to the top 17, which was amazing. And what I will say yeah. that I was so excited about and so, you know, thrilled about was the fact that they gave me two back-to-back Christian songs to sing on the show. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I keep saying this, and I don't know if this is true or not, and nobody has corrected me yet, but I think I'm the only um, contestant in the history of The Voice who has sung two consecutive um, Christian songs in this show. Mm-hmm. And I also think, and I might be wrong with this, but I also think that I might be the only um, proclaimed gospel artist that has come in as a gospel artist and only wanted to do gospel in this show as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because, as mm-hmm. you know, there's been, there have been some performers who have gone on who said that they like gospel music or they would like to do gospel music, but for all intents and purposes, they don't they didn't necessarily consider themselves or call themselves gospel artist. Mm-hmm. I think I'm probably the only one who went in there saying, yep, I'm Jose. I'm from such and such a place. I am a gospel recording mm-hmm. artist. This is who I am. And mm-hmm. that's it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I could be wrong, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen anybody mm-hmm. as of yet. So I'm going to keep yeah. that title. I'm pretty <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's a word of encouragement for the listeners, too, is first off, if you don't know, like, what oper- – you don't know, like, if you wouldn't have asked, like you said, you would have just been wondering that that whole time. And so I think that's something that's very courageous and brave and also for our listeners to receive as well is to just ask because sometimes you're not going to know the answer that you're going to receive in that moment, and especially in the way that you ask as well, too. You know, it's like you could get that yes that you desire in that particular situation. And then also, as you always talk about, is – staying true to yourself and who God created you to be. And so I think that's Mm -hmm. huge, Jose, and I commend you for that. Thank you so much. 
So you are a man of many different gifts and talents. Of all the things you do, what is your favorite and why? Wow. Uh, that's a good question. Nobody's ever asked me that. Um, <laughs> honestly, though, I don't, I can't even put it in, I can't put it on the list. Like, it's, they're all, I love everything that I do. Um, mm -hmm. And I think for me, it's because bottom line, everything that I do is for people. It's to help people in some way, shape, or form. It's to touch people. It's to change. My mantra is blessed to be a blessing, called to make a difference, dedicated to changing lives. And that's exactly who I am and what I do and what I aim to do. And everything that I do falls under that mantra, if you think about it, um, mm -hmm. you know, with the singing, with the ministering, with the pastoring, with. Um, the nonprofit organization that I'm that I'm you know a part of with you know teaching people you know the things that they want to learn re regarding entertainment with event planning mm -hmm. like literally everything that I do is part mm -hmm. of that it falls under that mantra blessed to be a blessing I'm blessed with all these gifts to bless people back not only people but God mm -hmm. called to make a difference mm -hmm. in one of those ways in, in in everything that I've been you know gifted with I'm making a difference in somebody's life and dedicated to changing lives. Again, in everything that I'm doing, especially and more importantly, the pastoring, I am changing somebody's life for the better, you know, if they allow me to and if they allow God mm. to work, you know, in me and, through, you know, to them. So, you know, mm -hmm. everything that I do kind of is on the same spectrum. There's no one better than the other. Um, mm -hmm. I just, you know, at the end of the day, I just allow God to use me in every, in every aspect of with every gifting that he's, you know, bestowed upon me, and, and I can't complain. Mm -hmm. That's good. As a creative and musical artist, how have you been navigating your way through the pandemic, and what advice and words of encouragement would you give to other aspiring and up-and-coming songwriters, creatives, speakers, and artists? Well, I mean, I guess as a, as a creative, realistically speaking, you can't allow anything to hinder you from being the creative that you are, right? That's number one. Number two, when you have been given a gift, it doesn't matter what's happening around you or in the world or whatever in your environment, in the place that you find yourself in, that gift is going to make its way through regardless because it's something that was given to you by the Lord, which means that it's going to be utilized no matter what, especially mm. and more importantly, if you've said to the Lord, hey, I acknowledge this gift that you've given to me and I'm going to use it the way that you want me to. Um, there is no telling what you can accomplish and what you you know you what what your gift will be able to do if you just do that right so throughout this pandemic honestly mm -hmm. um while I wasn't necessarily and I can't even say I wasn't singing because I was I was on the voice <laughs> and and you see and that's a perfect example and of what I just said your gift will make room for you no matter what so even through the pandemic I was able to do the voice and still use the main gift, I guess, that I use, which is my singing. Mm -hmm. The pandemic hit hard in March of 2020, and in April of 2020, I received a call for the voice. So, mm. you know, wow. it didn't stop, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, and with everything else, like I was still teaching Zumba, which is, you know, one of the things that I do. So I was still, you know, somehow impacting people and, and changing, you know, making a difference in people's lives in that aspect. So, you know, everything that I do, nothing really came to a standstill per se. Um, 
except for the world, <laughs> if that makes any mm. sense. Um, mm-hmm. The world may have closed, but, you know, the world may have closed down and things may have closed down, but God was still on the throne, so he still allowed my gifts to to do what they needed to do and what he's called them to do. And, and you know, mm. my my advice, I guess, for people and other creatives is to just, is to not stop. If it's something that you genuinely want to do, if it's something if it's something that you love doing, but more importantly, if it's something that you've genuinely been given to use, um, then don't stop. You know, because no matter mm-hmm. what, there will be downtimes. There will be times where you'll feel like giving up. There will be times where you'll feel like, ugh, I don't think this is working out for me. But I guarantee you that if it's if it's God given, it will always find its place. Um, mm. because like I said earlier, you know, we often want things for ourselves, but you have to remember just because you want it for yourself doesn't mean that he wants it for you. And one of the things that, that I always tell people and that I, I don't necessarily like, right. People always throw out, um, well, God is going to give you the desires of your heart and that's cool. And that's mm-hmm. pretty, right. We all know. Yeah. We would mm-hmm. love God to do that. That's wonderful. But here, here's the part that they leave out. God mm-hmm. is going to give you the desires of your heart that are in alignment with his purpose and his plan for your life. Mm. He's not just going to give you every desire because if he went around giving you every single desire of your heart, the world would be crazy. He has to give you Mm -hmm. the desires of your heart that fall in alignment with what it is he has planned out for your life. Remember, um, mm-hmm. Like, for instance, with this voice thing, right, everybody, just everybody that was watching for me and, and, and became, a, you know, a supporter because of seeing me on the show, they were very, very mm-hmm. big on saying, well, you're going to win, you're going to win, you're going to win. And my thing mm-hmm. has, you know, throughout the entire process was, you know, that'd be great because, you know, we all would love to win the show. All of us contestants would love mm-hmm. to win this, right? But if that's not mm-hmm. what God has planned for me, that's not what's going to happen. And you have to be okay with it just as much as I'm going to be okay with it. You know, mm. and honestly, I didn't expect to win the show. I didn't expect to even get to the top five. Now, I would have liked to at mm. least make it to the top nine, but I wasn't expecting mm-hmm. to get to five or win. I knew that God had a mm-hmm. purpose and a plan for me on this show. I didn't know what the purpose was, but I knew mm. that there was a purpose. And as I was going through wow. the process, it started to unfold. And as I was going through the process, I started to see it more and it became more clear. God was giving me clarity. The reason why I was on the show was one, and most importantly, to bring him exposure on a platform that's not necessarily geared for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we think about it, NBC and this network and this platform is not necessarily, you know, geared towards bringing him any kind of glory, if you will. Um, no, they talked more God about God this me. season than I hadn't seen in a while. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but, yeah, right. they talked more about God this season than I have seen them in years, and I hadn't watched the show in years. So that definitely was, you could right. feel a difference. And if you think about it, because I auditioned for Sunday Best years ago, and I made it to the top 20, um, and then, you know, the opportunity was, you know, was cut. But um, for all of whatever reason, and that's a long story in and of itself, but Sunday Best, mm-hmm. if you know anything about Sunday Best, Sunday Best is basically yeah. an American Idol or something like that for the gospel world. Now, Right. I God could have kept me on that path. God could have kept me going through that. But let's be realistic. Mm-hmm. The Sunday best is is formatted for a Christian, quote unquote Christian um mm-hmm. platform. Mm-hmm. Right? So the people who are watching this show are mainly people who quote unquote know and believe in. Mm-hmm. In other words, I'm not bringing 
I'm not bringing God to people who don't know him. I'm only going to be talking to people that already do. And and the objective, mm-hmm. right, with Christianity mm-hmm. is to bring people to Christ. But if you've already found him, then I can't bring you to him because you know who he is already. So the, the mm-hmm. Sunday Best wasn't the platform that God genuinely wanted me on. He just allowed me to get to where I got on that show so that he so that I would know that it, I'm that it's you know that's what I'm supposed to. Do. And on mm-hmm. this platform that formatted for, you know, formatted nationwide where people of mm-hmm. all creeds, colors, blah, 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 are watching mm-hmm. and, and mainly people that do not know of him or don't care to know of him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. can be exposed to him. That's the reason why mm-hmm. I was on the show. That was the first one. The second one mm-hmm. is to connect with the artist on a spiritual level because Mm-hmm. One of the things that I'm blessed to, that I'm blessed to be able to say and humbled to be able to say is that I was that a lot of the contestants connected with me spiritually because you know or they mm-hmm. came to me let's say this way they came to me for some kind of spiritual something either for prayer or for mm-hmm. just advice or whatever the case may be and I wasn't wow. expecting to do that but that's what God mm-hmm. knew was going to take place and we were doing Bible studies mm-hmm. and whatnot so wow. that's that's the platform that I was mm-hmm. that I needed to be on with a group of people mm-hmm. that, that are, are dealing with life differently and some who believe in God, some who don't, et cetera, et cetera. That was what I was mm-hmm. on the show for. And it wow. wasn't to win. And I'm content because I did exactly what he wanted me to do. Wow, that's incredible. So much good stuff that you said that we can glean from. And I love, too, what you talked about when people love to say that God giving us the desires of our hearts. And I was talking to a dear friend of mine about that last night, and the Holy Spirit really connected it to me and when it was like no god gives you the desires that god has for you which are even greater than what we could even imagine because we oftentimes think of that of like oh just what i want but many times the things mm-hmm. that we want in life jose we we want them from pain from fear from lack from not knowing god's love and goodness but as we are getting more and more healed and seeing ourselves through god's eyes we begin to actually have the desires that god has always had for us and they're so much greater than what we could imagine. And so that was really powerful what you shared. And I think that is so huge because not only were you able to do what you love and what you've been gifted to do, but you're able to be a blessing to many other people. And you know already, whether it's the gospel or Christian industry or the non-Christian industry, it can be really tough being in the public eye. And so I think that was such a blessing that you were able to connect with them in that way and be able to be a support and encouragement to them and show them the goodness of God. So that was so awesome. And so you are also a counselor, mentor, life coach, and speaker. You know, with social media being so huge in our society, and it definitely has played a role in the rise of people's mental health issues, eating disorders, and other compulsive and obsessive behaviors. And so, Jose, what do you think are some tips that you would give to others to help them secure while they're on social media and not compare themselves to others? Well, the first thing that I guess I could say is remember that you're not supposed to be like everybody else. If you were supposed to be like everybody else, then there would be, you know, no point in having you. I mean, I and it sounds funny, but it's the truth. Um, mm-hmm. There would be, you know, there, there's a reason why everybody is unique. There's a reason why everybody is different, right? I think at the end of the day, there is, uh, you know, I wrote about this uh, in, a, in a Facebook post once. Um, 
this comparison trap, right? We we fall into this trap of wanting to be like other people. We fall into this trap of feeling like we're not good enough because we're not like other people. At the end of the day, you mm-hmm. were created exactly the way that you were supposed to be. Now, things may not mm-hmm. be going the way that you planned them. Things may not be going the way that it's going for other people, but you can't determine where it is that you're supposed to be in life by where somebody else is. Because if you do that, you will hinder mm-hmm. yourself from getting to where you need to go. And that's mm-hmm. essentially the underlying message there, right? You are going to get mm-hmm. to where you need to go at the pace that you're supposed to get there. Just because it may have happened, mm. excuse me, may have happened faster for, um, uh, you know, Tom, fast for you. Everybody's journey is different. And some people have mm-hmm. to work harder for things, and there's nothing wrong with that. To understand that everybody's journey in life is different, and you can't sit here mm. and be on the sideline looking into somebody else's life because, honestly, you don't even know what they had to go through to receive the blessing that they received, whether people like it or not or believe it or not. But if you would just give your life to the Lord the way that, you know, he intends things to be, trust me, your life will be so much better. Yes, there will be disappointment, and yes, there will be times of trouble because we're promised that in the word, but, but, but. What we're also promised mm-hmm. is that he's going to see us through it all. And the problem is that we want to be in control of our lives so much that we don't allow God to do what it is that he needs to do in our lives for us and through us and, you know, um, for others. And, and that's, that's, mm. that's a huge issue. And that's why we, we start dealing with these, with these comparison issues because we, stop, mm. we, we start to lose our own identity. If, and here's the thing mm-hmm. with identity. Identity, the way that you can really figure out what your identity is is if you figure out who God is in you. Yeah. If you allow God to be the God that he's supposed to be in you and you recognize whose you are, you will start to recognize who you are because he'll start opening mm. up your eyes to the person that you are and the person that you're supposed to be. And if you allow society mm. to determine who you're supposed to be, you're never going to be happy. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I'm wow. preaching. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. Amen. It's, it's important and it's so, so powerful what you shared. And it actually, I love that you've been preaching to us this whole time because there's so many wonderful nuggets that we can glean from and receive from that you've been sharing and so much great grace and truth. One of the things you said was so many great things, but one of the things that's still sitting with me is you talked about how if people don't know who God is, they will not be able to know who they are. And and I feel like that's been a bit of the challenge is because um, in the body of Christ, we've struggled a lot because either we've been so far, far behind the times or we're trying to be ahead of the times. And I love what you were saying. Like, it's not even about what's happening in the world. It's about who God is and who God says that we are. And I feel that the more we talk about that and, and our, you know, what our real identity is and not focusing on what's happening in the world in the sense of what's the hottest or the coolest thing, but staying in that goodness of the gospel and the truth, I feel like that's what's so powerful and what draws, you know, what draws people into it because it says God is the one who draws our men to himself, you know, and so I think that that's so powerful what you were sharing, and I feel like that's what tends to happen is, like you said, people are afraid because they're so afraid of, like, well, who's going to take care of me? Like, I have to get tithes and offerings, so I have to preach these kind of messages to keep people here and get the money when it's like, hey, but if God called you to this, God's the one who's going to provide for you. And then maybe you might have to work another job as you minister, but that's better than you having to compromise because you're so scared of, you know, you know, not making money from the church. And then, like you said, um, people knowing the truth and their identity. And so I love what you shared in that. And, and what's funny is my pastor is very similar where he, uh, he definitely has gotten a lot of um, – like really negative feedback on his preaching and things that he shares. And they're like, well, why don't you give us these kind of messages that these people preach and that these people preach these messages? And I always tell him that I'm so thankful for the gospel 
and that he always goes back to the truth, that he preaches the resurrection and the power of what Jesus has promised us in our eternal lives every single week. I said, because of what you preach and what I've been ministered to over these past several years that this has been my home church and you've been my pastor, I said, that's why during all these things that's been happening in the world and all the stuff that's been rising up since the pandemic, I've been able to stay seated in the gospel and in the goodness of Jesus and in the truth because that's what's been birthed in my heart. It wasn't all these things of the world that was birthed. So that way, you know, as Jesus talks about people, um, you know, the seeds that were planted. And so I was able to be, I've been able to be a deep, deep into the earth, uh, you know, and, and grow like strong roots as opposed to just, you know, flying this way and that way. And so I think that's huge what you shared. You know, fear tends to hold a lot of people back and wanting to conform to the world. But as we know more and more, like you said, of our real identity, that is what will draw us into the truth and we'll be able to stay there. And so that was really powerful, Jose. And I think what people don't realize is hearing the hard-hitting truth is actually the goodness and the love of God because then we don't have to be subject anymore to the things of this world and to the pressures of society and, and what they say we should be. So that was so good. Thank you so much for sharing that. Amen. To God be the glory. That's powerful. And so tell us about a time when you were feeling defeated or insecure and God's grace and love lifted you up. Um, I guess I could say it would have to be probably that Sunday best um, time. Um, I wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. feeling insecure, but definitely defeated because I said, God, I, I made it to the top 20. So the thing with that competition is that um, they they pick you, right? You do the audition, and then mm-hmm. they pick you um, to be a part of the top 100, and you get a phone call for that. So, hey, you, we've selected you to be the top 100. If you make it to the top 20, we'll call you again. So they'll call you again for the top 20. Once you make it to the top 20, because nothing is happening throughout their deliberation process, throughout the months of deliberation mm-hmm. or weeks of deliberation. Um, there's no show. There's nothing. The show mm-hmm. starts with the top 20. Um, so if you made it to the top 20, then you're automatically guaranteed now to be on the show. Um, mm-hmm. And then the competition goes on, you know, with the top 20. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, I made it to the top 20. This is amazing. God, oh, I'm so excited. Thank you, God, for this opportunity. It's really great. When you make it to the top 20, um, that's when they decide to do a background check. And so mm-hmm. they did a background check and my background came, my background check came with like, came back with like 40 different civil records. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm, yeah, none of this is me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, like none of it is me. And I, you know, mm-hmm. I proved it to them. And I, and I was trying to prove it to them and let them know this is not me. This is not me. There's no way I was like 25, 26 at the time. There's no way that I could have gotten divorced 13 times. There was a whole bunch of civil lawsuits between landlord and tenant. Oh, wow. I, like none of this could even be me at the age that I'm, you know, that I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, my frustration was also the first page of the background check says that any and all information, you know, found on this background check can, may or may not pertain to the person that, you know, it, you know in question or whatever. And I'm like, okay, so oh, wow. if it's if it's already kind of like telling you that, then there's a chance that what you find is not, you know, has nothing to do with this person. But whatever, they didn't want to budge. I did everything that I could. I tried to reach Kirk Franklin. I tried, yeah, I kept talking to everybody in the legal department that I could talk to. Like I talked to literally everyone that I could to try to get somebody mm-hmm. to be, to you know, to, to understand that this is not me and I should be able to continue on in the competition. Well, for, all wow. reasons, for, all, for whatever reason, they decided not to, and they just um, disqualified me, you know, period. And mm. 
I when I tell you that that broke my spirit, that just I mean that mm-hmm. that genuinely killed me inside because I was like, God, the top twenty. I'm finally going to mm-hmm. be on a show that I, you know, that I, cause I genuinely wanted to be on the show and it's geared towards people like me, gospel artists, like this mm-hmm. is a mm-hmm. huge deal, God. And now I'm not like, mm-hmm. I was, I was devastated. I was destroyed and I was, and I didn't understand. I was like, God, what are you doing? I like, God, was mm-hmm. this you? Was this the devil? Like, I don't know what it is, but I don't like it. And I'm angry. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And it really made me question because I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm just, I'm done. Like, I don't, I don't even care. <laughs> I don't even want to mm-hmm. do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. I'm just going to keep doing what mm-hmm. I'm doing. Or I'm not going to do anything at all. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, and, and I had to get to a place of uh, understanding that just because that didn't work out for me doesn't mean that this is not what I'm supposed to do with my life. And mm-hmm. it took a lot of prayer for me to get there. It took a lot of God mm. reminding me, telling me, hello, I've got you. Mm-hmm. Relax. Mm-hmm. And I started to mm-hmm. think about it. And as, I, as the days went by, I started to realize there must have been a reason why I wasn't supposed to be on that show. And mm-hmm. as the you know, weeks went by, I started to see some things and hear some things about the back behind the scenes stuff that takes place. And, um, and one of the previous contestants from one of the other seasons, I think it might have been the first season or the second season or whatever, she went on her social media platform or just different platforms, if I'm not mistaken, to speak out against the show and the things that mm. she had to deal with. And I said, wow, God. I said, so mm. you were saving me from dealing with what she, had, what she dealt with because mm. I wouldn't have been able to take it the way that she did. Mm. Because I'm not that mm-hmm. kind of person. They would have, you know, mm-hmm. they would have seen, they probably would have seen the ugly side of Jose because I'm not going to allow you to treat me any kind of way you want, especially because this was a quote-unquote Christian competition. So if I would have seen, mm-hmm. if I would have seen and experienced the secular, um, the secular attitudes and, and processes, et cetera, et cetera, on a Christian competition, I would have probably lost my mind. Um, mm-hmm. And I would have called everybody else. <laughs> because that's mm-hmm. the kind of person that I am. Don't you come over here claiming to be, mm-hmm. you know, about God's business and this is how you talk and this is how you act and this is what you do. Yeah, that wouldn't work for me. So mm-hmm. I think for all intents and purposes, mm-hmm. the reason why God didn't allow me to do this show is because of that. He didn't want me to go mm-hmm. through that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, or, that, wow. you know, that's one of the reasons, obviously. Um, and so I had to come to the understanding that, you know, God, again, God is in control and God knows all things and God knows the way that things are going to play out and the way that they're supposed to play out. And, you know, and you just have to allow God to be God. Um, And I've had to like kind of sort of learn that in a lot of things in my life, just allow God to be God because I'm human. And just like all humans, you know, control is, is, is something that I've, I've had an issue with. Like I want to be in control Mm -hmm. of what goes on, but I've Mm -hmm. had to learn throughout time and throughout life that it's, you, it's okay to relinquish control. And that's why I preach mm. about that a lot. If you allow somebody to drive your car and you're sitting in the passenger seat still holding onto the steering wheel, you're never going to get anywhere. And that's the same thing with, with this vehicle, right? We are a vehicle. Mm-hmm. And if we're constant, and if we're going to tell God, hey, come in and drive this vehicle, but we're holding onto the steering wheel, God is never going to be able to take us to where we need to go. Mm. So I've had to learn, mm-hmm. you know, I've had to learn throughout life to let go of the steering wheel. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's, that's definitely helped me out a lot of life. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. There's um, been 
unfortunately many stories on that show as well, and I've seen it on both ends, that sometimes within the gospel or Christian or religious industries can actually be a lot worse than the industries that are not, you know, that are not gospel. And so it's unfortunate. Right. Um, so, Jose, you are passionate about healthy living and helping people to lose weight. Tell us about your health and wellness journey so far, and how can someone right now take charge of their health starting today? Well, let me start by saying the way that you can take charge of your health starting today is by, like I say this all the time, in order for you to lose weight physically, you have to lose weight mentally. What do I mean? I mean that you have to make a conscious decision in your mind to do it. Because the problem is we say we want to lose weight, but we don't actually really believe that in our heads and we don't do anything to take that act, to take action. So um, I think the first step is to say, yes, I want to lose weight. And yes, I'm going to do this, right? And having the willpower to do it. The problem is you want to lose weight, but you want to do the same thing you do all the time. But then there's the other side of things where you want to lose weight, but you only want to lose a certain amount of weight and then go back to doing what you were doing. Diets are not supposed to be temporary. It's supposed to be a lifestyle change. So, you know, you have these people mm-hmm. who go around saying, well, that diet doesn't work and that fad doesn't work and this doesn't work. It's not that it doesn't work. It's just that you didn't work it the way that it was supposed to. You're not supposed to just do something to lose a good 10, 15 pounds and then go back to eating like a pig. No, you have mm-hmm. to actually mm-hmm. make this a lifestyle choice. You have to say, okay, well, I'm going to cut this out and I'm going to cut that out and I'm going to do this and I'm going to portion size that and I'm going to do this and you're going to do this for the rest of your life. And um, that's the problem. Like, and, you know, like people, as a Zoom instructor, people come and they take the classes. I've had, you know, not many, but I've had maybe a good 2 to 5% of the people who have ever taken my classes saying that Zumba doesn't work. And, of course, mm-hmm. Zumba doesn't work if before and after you take a class, you eat everything in your house. <laughs> what, is, what is Zumba supposed to do for you? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's not going to work if you're not doing it um, full out. Just like when, just like mm-hmm. a dancer, right? A dancer is told to perform mm-hmm. full out. Well, in in, mm-hmm. in in Zumba, it's the same thing. Do it full out because the fuller you do it, as it sounds funny and it's incorrect, but the fuller out you do it, <laughs> the more it's going yeah. to, the more it's going to uh, show you results. I've been a Zumba instructor now for this is going on my tenth year, um, and mm-hmm. Zumba has helped me a great deal. And it's like I tell them, mm-hmm. like I tell my students all the time. I don't do the gym. I don't really like the gym. I mean, you, I might go to the gym every now and again, but I'm really not a gym head. I don't like them. They make me, they drive me nuts. I have OCD. I don't like the smell. There's just a lot of stuff. But I, and I'm so serious. Um, but I do have, like, if you look at my arms and, you know, you, um, you look at my legs and you look at certain parts of my body, you'll see that they're slightly defined, right? But the definition that I do have has not come from gym. The definition that I do have in my body and these certain body parts has come from Zumba. Why? Because, like, I tell my students and I yell at my students all the time, um, with certain (laughs) moves, if you would flex or tighten up that muscle group while you're doing it, then you will see results. The more you do it, Mm. the more results you will see. Um, mm. So it's you know it's again, but it's a it's a whole lifestyle thing. So you can take three, and I've had students come and take three classes a week with me, and in a month lose like eleven pounds. But it's not just mm-hmm. because of the class; it's because of what they're doing outside of the class. Because it's like they say, and everybody says this: it's eighty percent what you eat, twenty percent gym or exercise. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. 
And that doesn't mean that you stop eating all the good things that you eat because, look, my weight loss journey, right, I've been up and down with my weight my entire life. The problem with me has mm. never been what I eat. The problem with me, because I don't eat a lot, um, I don't eat, like, a lot of crazy stuff. So that's never been my issue. Um, matter of fact, mm-hmm. last time around, you know, now, this last time that I was 226 pounds, that's the biggest I've ever been in my life. And the issue that mm. I was having is that I kept, I wasn't even maintaining. Like, I just kept gaining weight, and I was confused mm-hmm. because I'm like, my eating habits haven't changed. Why am I even gaining weight? And how is it that mm. I've been skinny eating like this, and now all of a sudden I'm fat? Like, this doesn't make any sense. I went to the doctor, and I was like, mm-hmm. listen, y'all need to figure something out. Y'all need to tell me what's going on. Tell me I have a thyroid problem. Tell me I have diabetes. Tell me I have cancer. Like, just tell me something. Mm-hmm. Because then I have an excuse as to why this is happening, and maybe we can work on figuring out a way to get you. But, no, I was completely healthy. They told me that my metabolism was perfect. And I'm like, somebody is lying. Because if I have per- <laughs> my, if my metabolism is perfect, how am I fat? Like, that doesn't make sense. But that, that just doesn't even go okay. in the same sentence. Your metabolism is great, but you're fat. What? No, that doesn't, mm-hmm. that doesn't go together. So I was like, look, God, the doctors are telling me that I'm fine. So we got to do something mm-hmm. because you have a lot going on in my life right now. You have the voice. You have this pastorship stuff. You have um, me teaching all these mm-hmm. classes. There's so much going on. I'm constantly performing. There's so much going on. But more importantly, mm-hmm. I, am, I am big on preaching to people about tapping into their happiness, right? Because I believe mm-hmm. that happiness is within you. Happiness is on the inside of you, and it's something that you have to tap into. Joy comes mm-hmm. from things people, and places, but happiness is already mm-hmm. inside of you. So I started to feel like a hypocrite because I was going around telling people, tap into your own mm-hmm. happiness, but when I would look in the mirror, I wasn't completely happy. So I said, God, mm-hmm. something's got to give. Um, mm-hmm. and, and finally, something gave, and here I am now, 82 pounds lighter than I was, <laughs> and, um, wow. and, it's, and it's great, and I couldn't be, I couldn't be you know, more excited about you know, and I've been skinny before, but this is the first time in my entire life where I look in the mirror and I still see the skinny guy. And back in the day, mm. in the times that I was skinny, I would look in the mirror and still see the fat guy. Um, mm. So this time around, it's literally changed my entire everything. It's changed my mindset. It's changed everything and my view on me. Um, and I'm in a much happier place now. And now I don't feel mm-hmm. like a hypocrite telling people to tap into their happiness anymore um, because I am mm. definitely happy with you know, with the whole package, you know, there are things that I don't mm-hmm. like about myself that we all do. I think we're, you know, we're all like that and there's nothing wrong with that um, because there are a lot of things that you may not like that you genuinely can't change and that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But for all intents and purposes, I am 100% happy with, you know, with where I'm at right now. And I, you know, I couldn't be more grateful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You definitely look, do look happy. You look, you know, um, no pun intended, lighter, but just like lighter in spirit. And I think that's been cool to see, and I think that's great advice that you shared, that it has to come from within the heart first and then the mind before we'll ever see it manifesting on the body. And so that's wonderful to share with everyone. So, Jose, what are you currently working on or have coming up? Uh, Well, right now, um, what am I working on? So I had a single that I worked on and completed before the pandemic hit that was supposed to be released and then couldn't be released because the the voice um, happened for me. And so I'm currently working on how we're going to release that, whether we're going to do it like an independent artist or if we're going to try to get a label to back it or whatever the case may be. So working on that um, and also working on the album that the single is going to be on. Um, I'm also working on – 
Uh, yeah, I'm also working on some concept videos um, because I need to I need to get better at social media. I am the worst. Um, nobody <laughs> would probably know that I'm an artist or a singer because I don't have it anywhere <laughs> um, for all mm-hmm. intents and purposes. My YouTube, I had like 700 and something subscribers, I think, and I never post anything. <laughs> so I'm just mm-hmm. the worst. So I need to get better at that because nowadays, if it's not on social media, it's, it's non-existent, right? Um, mm. and so I need to get better on that. So I'm, I'm, we're planning some, some videos and stuff to do for that. Um, I'm currently, let's see what else I am. I'm the COO of a nonprofit organization. So I, um, I'm constantly doing things for that and, and, and working on that every day as a pastor, you know, for my, mm. you know, uh, my church restoring relationships, Christian center. I'm also constantly working on ministry on that, in that aspect on that level. Um, right now, uh, what some people may not know, especially some people who are just learning about me, is that I, I'm a guest entertainer on cruise ships as well. So now the cruises are coming oh, cool. back out. I'm being, you know, I'm being booked again for some things. Um, and one of those things is there's a, a group called December 63 that goes on cruise ships. And, you know, they sing. I'm a part of that group as well. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I have my first cruise gig with December 63. Um uh, on Friday, actually, we leave on Friday for a two-week cruise gig where we'll be, you know, performing the show. And then in September, awesome. I have my solo show that I'm that I was booked on a on a cruise ship to do my solo show. Um, mm. In like I said, in September, so that's happening. I'm also planning a Zumbathon, um, and a Zumbathon is basically mm. just a, for me a Zumbathon is a three-hour Zumba class, pretty much. But it's to raise funds for the um, Making Strides Against Against Breast Cancer Walk that's happening in October. Um, mm-hmm. so it's 75%, 75 to 80% of the proceeds, um, from the tickets and the t-shirts that we're selling are all, all going to the making shots, I guess, breast cancer walk. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also planning a virtual concert. There's so many things. I, if I keep listing stuff, we'll be here forever, but there are a lot of things <laughs> in the works. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we have got to bring you some based in Southern California. And now that outside is back open <laughs> and we're having more public yeah, events, yeah. we've got to figure out how we can get you to Southern California, to, like, L.A. area, Ventura County area, which is where I'm based in, I'm, like, 10 minutes from the beach, and get you here to do, like, some type of Zumbathon or some type of Zumba classes slash live concert. I don't know, but I think that would be so fun. <laughs> so let's make it happen, you know. Let's let's connect with, you know, and, and I, I go wherever I'm booked. So <laughs> let's yeah. make it happen. And so, as we get ready to wrap up our time together, and please let us know if you have any final thoughts, how can people purchase your music and stay updated with your career and happenings and watch your sermons? Well, um, I guess if you want to follow me or you want to um, keep supporting me or be connected to the things that I do, please feel free to follow me on social media. You can find me pretty much everywhere uh, as J Figueroa Jr., J-F-I-G-U-E-R-O-A-J-R. Um, that's on Instagram. That's on Facebook. That's on Twitter. Um, I don't really post on TikTok, but my TikTok is the official, um, or excuse me, official Jay Figueroa Jr. Um, my website, www.josefigueroajr.com. And if you want to book me for anything, it's bookings.josefigueroajr.com. And that's kind of where you can find everything. If you look, if you want to look for me on YouTube, just put in my full name, Jose E. Figueroa Jr., um, or you might find it either with Jay Figueroa Jr. because that's literally what I use for everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> for anything that you'd like to purchase, I do have two albums that I released in 2015, which, you know, are 
old and blah. But if you'd like to purchase that, um, that can be purchased on all platforms where you can where you purchase music. So it's on it's on iTunes and Google Play and Apple Music and Amazon Music, et cetera, et cetera. So you can find that. You can just look for my name. Again, Jose E. Figueroa Jr., or you can look for the album title, which is The Peace Project, um, or the Spanish album, which is Paz y Serenidad. Um, and, yeah, that's, that's, that's where I'm at. As far as sermons, I don't post any of the, my sermons um, because it's, it's, we do it on Zoom. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's hard because on Zoom, you know, you have all the boxes. And when you record, mm-hmm. it records all the boxes as well. So it's hard to put mm-hmm. um, put that up there. And I'm just learning Zoom, realistically speaking. I'm just kind of learning mm-hmm. how to use Zoom for real, for real. So I don't have any mm-hmm. sermons posted, but um, uh, but stay 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 connected. I'm also at my church's my church's Facebook is um, Restoring Relationships CC. Um, you can find us on. Facebook as well as Instagram with that Restoring Relationships CC. Um, if you want to send us an email, it's rrchristiancenter at gmail.com. Um, and the nonprofit organization that I'm uh, the COO of is Overflowing Fountain Outreach Ministries. Um, and you can find mm-hmm. us on Instagram and Facebook as OFO Ministries. Um, and if you want to send us an email, it's ministries at gmail.com. And yeah, that's that's. I'm I'm also CEO and founder of Simply Entertainment Productions, which is a one-stop shop for uh, event planning and entertainment. I give vocal coaching and acting coaching and modeling coaching and um, acting coaching, etc. And we're on Facebook at, and you can look for us as uh, Simply Entertainment Productions. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much me. <laughs> wonderful! Wow! Wonderful! Wonderful! Well, and also to give you all another tidbit, if you didn't know, Jose can sing and speak in multiple languages. So, yeah, he is a renaissance man (laughs) for sure. Thank you so much, Jose, for being on this very special episode of the Sade Champagne Show. I'm thankful that I finally got the chance to interview you and have you on my show. You are incredible in every single way, and I will continue to support you. I'll be praying for you and cheering you on in spirit. I also want to thank our listeners so much for tuning in to this brand-new episode of the Sade Champagne Show on Grind Hard Radio and 57WLLE.net, the beat of the city in Raleigh, North Carolina. We will be back soon for a brand-new episode. I'm Sade Champagne. Welcome to my show. I'm Sade Champagne. Where we dream. Lift each other up I'm shy champagne Love is the answer Grace is the way champagne We're anchored in hope The Shade Champagne Show 